0: KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa,
1: a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. The Oklahoma City get a victory 106-101 to 101 tonight at home on New Year's Eve over the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic had Luka Doncic 35 points tonight in a massive showing here. His first showing in Oklahoma City at the Chesapeake Energy Arena. My name is Chisholm Holland. I'm along with Aaron Davis down here at Flint in the Colcourt Hotel, as we are for every single home game. Here for your Oklahoma City Thunder. And let me tell you, it was a doozy tonight, a rollercoaster of emotions. Oklahoma City down by 12 points at one point in the first quarter of this one as Luka had 17 to open up the game. But the Thunder, as they have been doing all year, resilient, fought back, found a way to get it close at halftime after a great defensive effort in the second quarter, holding the number one offensive team in the league to only 17 points in the second quarter. Crawl back into it at halftime, have a dogfight through the third and fourth quarter. And now we find ourselves with Oklahoma City 106-101. As I mentioned, my name is Chisholm Hahn. I'm along with Aaron Davis and Matt Burton back in the studio. We'll be here for you on the Thunder First Take post game show. Happy New Year's Eve, everyone out there. If you're out there driving around, make sure you stay safe tonight as you celebrate this wonderful holiday. We head into 2020, and Oklahoma City is closing out this decade. Aaron, the right way with the big victory against the Mavericks.
0: Yeah, Chisholm, don't undersell this win for the Thunder. You mentioned that the Mavs are a good team with a good offense. They're not just a good team with a good offense. Their offense so far through what 33 games, 32 games has been historic. 33 games. 33 games. Count, that's counting tonight, right? Correct. Historic. Like this
1: offense would go if the season ended today would be the best in history, right? Correct. If, if the season ended today, Dallas would have the best u- offense in the history of the NBA. Now, it feels like we are breaking that record every single year. Right. But Dallas has been unbelievable and you saw that in the first quarter Luca as I mentioned opening up the game with 17 points in the first Dallas putting up 32 in the first and it felt like this one could run away from Oklahoma City that's your fear as a thunder fan when you're evaluating this team they can play pretty good defense they can be pretty, pretty good offense but if it gets away from them it can get away in a hurry and Dallas has the the ability to put up points in a massive swing now, one thing to note in this ball game, obviously, Chris Daps Porzingis was missing in this game. Tim Hardaway Jr. was missing in this game for the Dallas Mavericks. Oklahoma City, though, for the first time in a long time, Aaron, came in fully healthy. Dennis Schroeder, who missed the Toronto game. Danilo Gallinari, who's missed the past few on the road trip. And Hamid, Hamid Diallo, who we haven't seen in over a month, played in this one. So, Oklahoma City at finally at full strength. Let's start with Dennis Schroeder, a guy who is really catching attention not only in Oklahoma City but also around the league for his play so far, 20 points tonight off the bench. What did you see from Dennis in this win against the Mavericks?
0: It's, it's just the same Dennis that I think we need to expect for the rest of the season if he's in Oklahoma City. As long as he's here, he's going to be the guy in that second unit. He's going to be super aggressive. There were times late in the game that uh, we were both sitting there kind of confused why he was being matched up on Luka Uh, basically at half court.
1: Yeah, last two possessions, he was the guy guarding Luka when the Dallas Mavericks were down three. Right, and
0: they ended up switching. Dallas had about three, at least two clean looks at threes on that last possession they had. Didn't fall. Sometimes you just catch a break like that if you're the Thunder. But Schroeder, I mean, he's just, I think you could probably just expect, he's probably going to take 15 to 18 shots. He's going to make anywhere from six to nine of them on a consistent basis. So, like, he's not going to be the most efficient player He's probably gonna take some threes that are ill advised shots. But when he's the only guy on the floor that's scoring with your second unit, then it's it's easier to swallow him, you know, taking a three pointer five seconds into the shot clock when you know he's literally your only option. But I mean he was good again tonight. I don't think he was the best player for the Thunder by any means tonight. But
1: it was it was nice to have him back. It was very obvious that he was back on the floor tonight for Oklahoma City. All right, if you want to get a hold of us, we would be more than happy to hear from you here on the Thunder First Take postgame show. Eight eight four seven four. Type the word text, to space, and your message, as well as on Twitter at Chisholm at Mister Davis one zero seven seven and at Matt underscore Burton twenty two. We would love to hear from you on the Twitter and on the social media machine. So give us your comments there on this massive victory for Oklahoma City tonight at home on New Year's Eve. Now let's rattle down the box score here in a moment, but first let's talk about the final stretch of this ball game. Oklahoma City was down six with about a minute and a half left. They find a way with a Chris Paul corner three, as well as a a mid-range jumper from Chris Paul and a layup from Shea Gillis-Alexander. Close this and get a one-point advantage with about 40 seconds left in this ballgame. One-point advantage for Oklahoma City. Dallas coming back down on the other side of the floor for their offensive possession. First off, as you mentioned, Dennis Schroeder guarding Luka in the half-court defense. I found that fascinating. Analytics, the advanced numbers would tell you Dennis Schroeder has actually been very good on the defensive end this year. I know your eyes don't necessarily tell you that. Your stigmas about a short you know, player like Dennis being able to guard larger players don't tell you that, but the numbers say that he can. So Dennis is guarding Luka Doncic. They find a switch. They basically get Danilo Gallinari and Dennis Schroeder in a two-man game, which sounds like a recipe for disaster, but Danilo found a way to poke the ball out and, Get the uh, get the turnover for Oklahoma City as Stephen Adams recovers the loose ball. That was a great defensive possession, Aaron from the, uh, the Thunder.
0: I I think that the Thunder had a good game plan on that possession because the second that Luca started trying to back down Dennis Schroeder, which don't I know Rick Carlisle thinks that you know shooting threes is pretty effing awesome, but Luca with Schroeder matched <laughs> up on him in a one point game, he's gonna back him down and post him up because Luca's he's he's gotta have a like thirty pounds on him.
1: Oh. I'd be shocked if it's not more than that. Right,
0: and then once they once the Thunder realized that that was Luca's game plan was to post up Schroeder, they switched very quickly to Gallinari, put a bigger body on him, and Luca tried to back down Gallinari, and it didn't work out as well. He ended up losing the ball, like you said, Adams recovered it. Uh, I think Schroeder ended up getting fouled and shooting two free throws, Correct. and making it a three point game. It was it was a smart defensive possession. I don't know. I'll have to go back and watch some of this game because. There were a lot of wide-open Dallas Mavericks threes that they missed tonight.
1: But it's all the guys that you want shooting. It was Maxi Kleber over and over and over. I, I, Seth Curry was Darius terrible Finley. tonight, though. Yeah, it's, it, Seth Curry did have an off But Darius Finley was shooting a lot of threes. You know, Jaron – or jo- I keep – want to say Jaren, Which Jackson. is fine
0: because they were doubling Luca a lot. Right. So it's going to open up Maxi Kleber threes. Bobon even shot a three.
1: Sure, sure. And so, I mean, I guess on some level – that's a good thing. You know, Jalen Brunson is the starting point guard for this team tonight for the Dallas Mavericks. They want him shooting a lot of threes. He only got off three tonight. I, I mean, this team was forcing threes to the right guy, Luka Doncic, who was three of 16 from behind the arc. <laughs> have you seen the team, the Mavericks team numbers from three? I have. Uh, it. What is a little shocking about, what, I mean, where I think Thunder fans are going to be shocked by the three of 16 number. Luka has had an incredible year. He's been one of the best players in the league. But overall, he isn't that guy. He, he isn't the three-point specialist. He's not going to be hitting them pretty consistently. But what a great day uh, for Luka and the Dallas Mavericks coming into the first quarter. But the defense got so suffocating uh, in the second, third, and fourth quarter of this ballgame that it really showed up. And you mentioned it. Here's the numbers for the three-pointers for the Dallas Mavericks. 15 of 51, <laughs> 51. from behind the arc. That is the the a Dallas Houston Mavericks.
0: Rockets-esque performance from three-point.
1: For comparison, Oklahoma City Thunder, 6 of 27. from behind the arc tonight. This was a little bit of a rock fight from the outside. Not a whole lot of stuff going to the rim for either team, except for, you guessed it, Shegals Alexander. I thought he was awesome tonight. Uh, Still finding a shot, still finding a way to get to the rim. And I was, the first half, almost exclusively watching Luka. This is my first opportunity to see him live. I was excited about that uh, and getting the opportunity to see him. So I was just watching him on every play, whether he had the ball or not, offense and defense. I was just watching Luka. One thing I noticed that Oklahoma City was doing in the first half is if Luca was on Shea, Shea was getting the ball and he was going to the rim because Luca did not want any part. He put Luca on his butt one time. He absolutely did. Shea Shea had Luca's number going to the rim tonight. That's a very positive sign going forward that they were able to attack Luca in that way because they thought maybe they could hide him on Shea a little bit. Not the case tonight. Oklahoma City did a great job taking advantage of that. All right, Aaron, let's rattle down the box score very quickly and we'll take our first time out here on the Thunder First Take game show. Danilo Gallinari played 31 minutes in his return to the Oklahoma City Thunder starting lineup. He was 8 of 14 from the floor, 3 of 8 from the three-point line with three rebounds, two assists, and 20 big points. The offense felt so much better. And as good as Darius Baisley played in his absence um, and really shot the heck out of the ball a couple of times, it was so much clearer how much better this offense is when Danilo Gallinari is a part of it. Not even if Danilo is making all the shots just from a spacing standpoint. Well, they, just from yeah. the, the, the floor, this, the 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 area that's created by the gravity of Danilo Gallinari became so much more clear. He was awesome today.
0: When's the last time the Thunder had a three-point shooter that teams like, legitimately respected? I mean, Paul George, I don't even Paul George wasn't a three-point shooter. He was a scorer. There were nights that he just got really hot from three.
1: Daquan Cook. Okay, well,
0: yeah, yeah. teams are game planning around Daquan Cook. Like, having Gallinari back is absolutely, it's its vital because when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, or last time we did post-game, having Gallinari on that floor when you're 0 for your last three on, on the offensive side, 0, sure. 0 for your last four, sure. and you desperately need a basket to kind of keep the momentum in your court a little bit and not lose the game, which there were plenty of times tonight that Thunder could have lost this game. Absolutely a, multiple times that they could have gotten away from them. And Gallinari in the third and fourth quarter played really well, especially in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. He kept them in the game. And it's it's huge having a guy like Gallinari that can hit a three-pointer any time. Sure. He doesn't need to be in rhythm like a scorer. He can he can not shoot for ten and a half minutes, catch the ball and shoot it, and you can rely on him to make a three. It's, it's huge. I think having him back is more important than having – uh, Dennis Schroeder or the uh, home duty all back right now.
1: Steven Adams, the center for this team, had a little bit of foul trouble tonight. He finished the game with five and was able to close out uh, the regulation play. That was a little bit of a concern him picking up his fifth foul with about five minutes left in this ball game. He was 4-7 from the floor, 2-4 of four from the three, uh, free throw line, which is still a little bit of a point of contention for Steven Adams. He's struggling from that stripe. Se- uh, 11 rebounds, seven of which were defensive, four offensive rebounds, 10 points overall. Steven Played a decent, decent offensive game. I thought he was involved in the stretches. But one thing that you and I were talking about as we were watching this game close out, what does not get talked enough about whenever we're talking about Stephen Adams we just look at his box score. We should appreciate more his rotations on the defensive end. And whenever a man gets beat on the rim, we've seen it a lot because there was a player who was formerly here who got beat pretty frequently. <laughs> uh A player is getting beat on the perimeter and heading towards the rim. Steven does a great job of rotating early and allowing his teammates to rotate behind him. His defense was great tonight because, as I mentioned, Luca started out with 17 points in the first quarter. He only finishes the game with 35. He only gets 18 points the rest of the way in large part because defenders started hugging up on him, not allowing allowing him the outside shot and basically forcing him into Steven Adams, and Steven did a great job.
0: Well, They doubled him a lot, too. Like You could tell after that first quarter that Billy... Kind of, you know, changed the game plan a little bit with Luca. Yeah. They were shading the, a lot of people that direction. Yeah, double shaded whatever they wanted to do on any given possession because Luca. I mean, he was gonna he was gonna score sixty the way he played in that first quarter. He was gonna score sixty tonight. Score fifty, but uh, yeah, Stephen Adams. He's not the best rim protector by any means. Uh, he's not a Nerlands Noel. He's not a um, insert other rim protector that I can't think of right now. But Joel Embiid, Andre. Joel Embiid. There you go. He's not Noel. Snow- Andre
1: Jordan. Yeah, Josh but, Allen.
0: There you go. But he's not in so well. I like the Josh Allen drop. But he is a good defender. He he's more of I think he's a more of a help defender than a guy that you can just put in a spot sure. and rely on him. Sure. But I, I, obviously, it's working because the Thunder defensively, they're not terrible. They're not. They're just they're they're a decent defensive team. And uh, I, I I think Stephen plays his role pretty well. Yes,
1: he does. Uh, Chris Paul, point guard for this team. I will say it. I've been saying it for weeks. Everyone rolled their eyes and moaned and complained. And, oh, my God, we traded Russell Westbrook. And we got back Chris Paul. This is the worst thing. All he does is just complain and moan. and He just he just is an impossible person to cheer for. I just hate him. He was so mean to Kevin, and he was awful <laughs> in those playoff series. He's one of the most beloved members of this team now. Chris Paul was lights out tonight, especially in the fourth quarter, which has become his calling card. 36 minutes for the point guard, 7-15 to 15 for the veteran. He went one to two from the three-point line, but as I mentioned earlier, one that one three-pointer was a massive one in the corner on an isolation play that helped the Thunder pull within one point in the fourth quarter. He had 17 points overall, seven assists, eight rebounds. He was all over the place. He was the guiding pace for this team. And again, if you're watching it live, it becomes more apparent how important he is for the Thunder. If you're just looking at a box score, you don't get the full picture. Chris Paul was massive. And here's a sneaky part that I don't that no one's going to notice tomorrow morning when they wake up on the year 2020 looking at this box score. Chris Paul guarded Luka a ton in this ball game from basically the second quarter on and he was a big reason that Luka began to struggle offensively. Chris Paul played great defense, forcing him into his help. I thought he was outstanding tonight.
0: Yeah, there was a uh, interview that Jared Dudley did very recently like the last couple of days. Where he talked about the Clippers team from the early two thousands, the Lob City Clippers team. Sure. And talked about how dysfunctional it was. And he kind of pointed to another guy on the team that he didn't like. He even said it by name. He said, I don't like Blake Griffin. Right. Like we didn't get along on the court. That team was toxic on the floor. Maybe it wasn't Chris Paul. Maybe we've just labeled Chris Paul poorly. Or maybe he's mature. I don't know. But he's right. he's fit in really well here. He seems to like it. To it to my my shock and awe. He really seems to enjoy playing with this team. He like, He's taken on this mentor role, and I've really enjoyed over the past few weeks watching him take a heavier load on his back late in the game when they need a bucket. Sure, He scored the two buckets tonight. He scored the uh, a floater that made it a one-point game, and then his uh, jumper from the free-throw line was the go-ahead bucket tonight that ended up winning them the game ultimately. Yeah. I like seeing Chris Paul. I don't need him going for minute one to minute 48 where he's trying to dominate the game offensively. But I like seeing him at the end of the game say, you know what, I'm the best player on this team. I need the ball in the last three minutes. I'm going to win us this game. And he's done it multiple times in the past few weeks and did it again tonight.
1: Uh, go ahead and circle a storyline that Chisholm is monitoring here about this team. Obviously, Chris Paul early in the season, along with Danilo Gallinari, was playing somewhere in that 30, 31, 32 minutes a game mark. Here recently, he's gotten all the way up to where he's playing about 36 minutes a game pretty consistently. I think that was a moment. I don't know what that conversation was. I'm basing this off of nothing other than my own intuition. But this team started winning ball games, and I think Chris Paul said, Hey, Billy, I think I should play a little bit more. I think we got a chance here yeah. to make the playoffs. So Chris Paul, 36 minutes tonight. That was big. Terrence Ferguson, a, a developing storyline in this. Uh, 18 minutes, 0-3 from the floor, 0-3 from the three-point line. One rebound. He was a minus three in the, in the plus minus, and I get it. Yeah, single game plus minus. Don't look into it too much. Five fouls. Five
0: fouls from your two guard. That's that. He, there's no way that's acceptable.
1: No, he, I mean, he was struggling defensively with Luka. I mean, he was the main defender on Luka. I mean, Luka's Luka. Like, I totally get it. But as I mentioned, Chris Paul was guarding down the stretch and wasn't having a fouling problem. Terrence Ferguson was.
0: Nobody, I mean, nobody else other than Steven Adams had more than two fouls this game.
1: Correct. And I'm just really starting to get to the point where, okay, you know, John Hamm and you know, all these people who are telling me, and I'm not saying they're wrong about how great Terrence Ferguson's defense is. And I can see it in certain stretches and against certain matchups. He makes a ton of sense. I get it. But when does this, the fact that he can't do anything offensively, what, he, I mean he's regressing more and more towards, like, a timid Andre Robertson. Where yeah, he's, but, he's just not shooting. And when does that start playing a role for this team?
0: The, and I, I've drawn this comparison a couple times over the past few weeks. The difference between Terrence Ferguson and Andre Robertson, Andre Robertson, I again, I, I don't know if he's going to play basketball ever again. It's taking a while, but before his knee injury, was elite defensively, like sure. top ten in the NBA defensively. So it was easier to swallow the offensive struggles. It was easier to swallow him just kind of hiding in the corner and doing nothing. Terrence Ferguson is decent to good at defense, same level of offense. Right? You can't you can't swallow that offensive production or lack of offensive production unless you've got elite on the other side. And you're not getting that with Terrence Ferguson. You're getting it with Andre Robertson, so it made it a little bit easier to swallow. it. Like When Andre Robertson locks up James Harden for 38 minutes or locks up uh, LeBron James for most of the game or locks up insert superstar player, it's a lot easier to play Andre Robertson every night for 30 minutes. You're not getting that with Terrence Ferguson. You're getting 18 minutes where he's fouling five times. You can't have your two guard with
1: five fouls in 18 minutes. Shea Gills-Alexander, the budding superstar for this team, who really made a giant impact a few nights ago in Toronto. Big impact again tonight, 35 minutes, 6 of 15 from the floor, 7 and 8 from the free throw line. Ten rebounds from Shea, which we've seen some rebounding, but nothing quite on that level. Three assists, two steals, and 19 points here for this home team. Shea, again, I mentioned it, he was very good at attacking his matchup whenever Luka Doncic was on him. And forcing Luca to play defense because Luca does not want to do that. I thought Shea did a great job of picking his spots, finding the right times to attack, and really, after once it hit about six minutes in the fourth quarter, taking a backseat to Chris Paul and kind of knowing, hey, we're going to ride Chris Paul as the point guard here down the home stretch. I think Shea is developing so well. This wasn't the superstar night where he throws up 32 and everyone on Twitter's freaking out. Is he better than this guy? Is he better than that guy? Who would you take over Shea Gillson? This wasn't one of those nights, but this is still a sign of growth as he continues to be consistently a great contributor for this team, man. And it it really is becoming clear that the Thunder have something special here with Shea.
0: Yeah, they don't need him to be the best player on the team right now. Call me back in two and a half months; they might need him to be the best player on the team every night. But right now, if you get a consistent 15 to 18 points from Shea, I mean, there's no reason to not be ecstatic about that. I mean, that's that's probably more than you would have expected from Shea two months ago on a, on
1: a consistent basis. Absolutely. All right, we got a producer back there in studio named Matt Burton. Matt, I know you're watching the game as well. First off, happy New Year's. I uh, hope your 2020 goes well and your 2019 was incredible. Uh, but there was a player that you and I have not seen in a long time, Matt. His name is Hamadou Diallo. He came off the bench tonight. He played a ton. I don't know if Oklahoma City was expecting him really to have to play this much tonight, but the foul trouble with Terrence Ferguson might have forced their hand a little bit. Hamid Diallo played 19 minutes. He had four points, a really electric dunk uh, in either the late first quarter, early second quarter that caught the eyes of a lot of fans. Was it nice seeing Hami back on the floor? And What would you see from him?
2: It was nice seeing Hami on the floor again um, because, guys, I'm with you on Terrence Ferguson. It's uh it's time for him to produce or just move down the bench because Hamadou Diallo. Every time he goes in there, I'm not saying Ferg doesn't give effort, um, but when Diallo gets in there, you know, you notice him. It's not like it, you notice him for good reasons rather than bad reasons, um, for, like like you would with Terrence Ferguson. So no, it was good to see Diallo back. Um, wow, it's amazing how much better uh, we are on offense. Uh, I say we, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, are on offense. Uh, when Danilo Gallinari is on the floor. Uh, it's just amazing. I uh, don't realize how uh, how much you miss him until uh, until he's not there. And the Thunder did miss him, but it was nice to see him back there, out there as well.
1: How, uh, Terrence Ferguson, you mentioned there first off. I agree with you. Hami deserves a bigger role in this team. I think he's going to get it as he begins to work his way back from that injury. Terrence Ferguson per Cleaning of the Glass, or Cleaning of the Glass, CleaningTheGlass.com, great website uh, to find some uh, data on how a player's uh, performing so far in the season. And I mean this. You cannot find one positive lineup number with Terrence Ferguson.
0: I, I will say this, though. I agree with both of you that Hamadou Diallo has played better than Ferguson this year and deserves a bigger role. I think, though, you're better off keeping Ferguson in the starting lineup and being the fifth-worst player in the starting five and keeping Hamadou Diallo in that bench with the spark of energy. With the Just what, from Hamadou's athleticism and just the energy he plays with, I think he's probably served better in that second unit Playing off a of Schroeder and Nerland's Noel, but I mean, I, look—if they put him in the starting lineup, I definitely wouldn't complain because I think he's. We'll see how he plays, you know, over the next few games. Like you say, coming back from that hyperextended arm, but he's he's played pretty well this this year, and uh, I mean, just just from an athletic standpoint, he's going to make things happen.
1: All right, this is the Thunder First Take post game show. That's the voice of Aaron Davis. Before that, you heard the great voice of Matt Burton, the producer back in the studio. My name is Chisholm Holland. We're here live at the Colcourt Hotel in the Flint Restaurant. We have uh, some people cramming in here after the Thunder get this victory, 106 to 101, One. to the Dallas Mavericks uh, here at home. And let me tell you, Flint is a popping place, a great place to come hang out, enjoy your New Year's, celebrate uh, 2019 being over, 2020 starting so as we wrap up this Thunder Post Game Show, make sure you head this way to Flint to come enjoy their great cocktails. When we get to the other side, we'll do a round of the association, the player of the game, and wrap up this ball game here as Oklahoma City gets a victory 106-101 to over the Dallas Mavericks on 107.7, the franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9, the franchise in Tulsa. Thunder First Day Post Game Show. Chisel Hall and Aaron Davis, Matt Burton along with you. This segment and one more, and then we'll get off the air and allow you to enjoy your New Year's Eve festivities. Hope everyone's staying safe out there. Have a great time. If you're down here in uh, downtown Oklahoma City, take care of yourself. Make sure you don't drive home if you do anything too silly. And bring in the year 2020, as everyone should, uh, with friends and family. All right. This is uh, per the Thunder. Oklahoma City has finished with the best winning percentage in the Western Conference in the month of December. 71.4%. So Thunder as hot as anyone right now when it comes to winning ball games in December. So... Good on Oklahoma City. Um, all right, talking about this game in a few different ways. Uh, we are always supposed to do our Thunder Player of the Game, Aaron, so I'll allow you to have the first honor. So let's go ahead and jump into the th- Thunder Player of the Game. Now, the franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. All
0: right, you want to go first? Who's going first? I'll go first.
1: Did you not listen to what I just said? No, I wasn't listening, i am gonna
0: be honest with you. Yeah.
1: In the lead-in, I said, Aaron, I'll allow you to go first on the Thunder player.
0: Yeah, I wasn't listening. Uh, I've been doing radio with Sam Mays too long. I check out when I'm not talking. (laughs) That makes this really tough. (laughs) It does. Uh, I'm going to go with Danilo Gallinari. First game back, 20 points, 8 of 14 from the field. Really played a pivotal role for the Thunder late in that third quarter, early in the fourth quarter. Kept the Thunder in the game when Dallas was trying to pull away. I mean, They went from a flash of a second. Oklahoma City had a two-point lead. Then Dallas was up by 7 or 8, and Gallo just kind of hit hit a couple shots, hit a couple threes, and just really kept him in the game. Great game to have him back. And I think tonight there's probably about three or four Thunder players you could pick for Thunder of the game easily.
1: All right, Matt Burton, your Thunder player of the game.
2: Uh, let me go ahead and give it to uh, to the closer, Chris Paul. Chris Paul has been awesome in crunch time lately. and uh, Yeah, like you said, that three-pointer uh, in the corner – and then he just, he's basically took over for the Thunder. He's like, give me yep. the ball, get the hell out of the way.
1: Yeah, Chris Paul scored 13 of the Thunder's last 14 points in this ball ballgame. Uh, to call him the closer would be an understatement. He was outstanding in this one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Shea Gildress Alexander, just as a different name to throw out here. I thought Shea was awesome tonight on both ends. I thought he played his role. Again, it's really easy for a young guy who had the success he had on this past road trip over the weekend. To come out here in Oklahoma City on a holiday game, on a really excited crowd against a really good Dallas Mavericks team, and throw up 22 shots. To throw up 24 shots, because you're feeling yourself. That's really easy to do. Shea didn't do that tonight. He came in, he played his role, he played his game. He knew who the closer was down the stretch. He allowed Gallinari and uh, Dennis Schroeder to work through the middle quarters. He just played his game. And I I was really proud of Shea for the way that he performed tonight. And again, guarding Luca in stretches as well. No uh, easy task there for a young man.
0: And uh quick shout-out. We need to give a shout-out to Nerlens Noel. We haven't really talked about him that much tonight. But 12 points and 12 rebounds off the bench. Eight, Like you said, eight offensive rebounds for him in 23 minutes. I mean, he, he's just kind of a guy that's gotten better this year that we don't really talk about a lot because he's not the he's not Dennis Schroeder off the bench. He's kind of just got the guy that falls into place. And he had another really good game tonight.
1: Last year at this time, do you want to guess what the Thunder's record was with Russell Westbrook and Paul George? Uh,
0: they were pretty good to start the season. Like I would say, twenty and 12, 21 and ten, or something like that.
1: Twenty-one and twelve, indeed. Right now they're eighteen and five. They're only three games worse.
0: Than two years ago, right?
1: No, this is this past season. They were twenty-one. Oh, tw- what? What? Uh, you did math there. Yeah. You caught me off guard. Yeah, sorry. So they're twenty-one and twelve at the end of uh, at the end of twenty eighteen. They were 21-12. This year they are 18-15, and 15, only three games worse, and they traded away Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Put that into some context, uh, that's incredible that's, that they found a way to continue I mean, at this pace. Yeah,
0: absolutely overachieving. It's got to be pretty close to what they were two years ago, the first year that Paul George was in Oklahoma City.
1: Ooh, with Carmelo Anthony, they might yeah. have a better record.
0: They, yeah, I know a couple of games ago they were tied. I'm know they. I'm pretty sure they both started 15-15. They were five hundred
1: pretty late in the year, pretty frustrated.
0: Yeah, I think they both started 15-15. and 15, Or... At least that's I think two the Carmelo year,
1: weren't they 15 and 18 at one point? Possibly. And everyone was panicked and asked if they should trade everybody? I think that might be true. I'll I tell you what, this team has been really, really exciting this year and been a breath of fresh air. I, and I know Thunder fans are enjoying this team a whole lot more than they have in years past, whether they want to admit it or not. It's nice to go into every single game with the expectation of we might win, we might lose. Either way, it's okay. It doesn't feel like life or death. Everything the past few years, based off what was going to happen this summer, whose contract was expiring, are they going to be able to win? Everything felt so big and monumental, and every loss felt so huge, and every win felt so small. But this team is just easy breezy. I mean, it's so every single game doesn't feel like life or death. And I'm sure as a Thunder fan, it's so much more fun to watch uh, this team as the years pass, whether they want to admit it or not. It's been a blast.
0: And I think most importantly, they just, they're not getting blown out. No. How many times have they bl- got blown out this year? Just once.
1: Once in Indiana. That's it. Yeah.
0: Every game this year through, what, 33 games? They may not have won them all, obviously, but with five minutes left to go in the game, they've got a chance. They, they, they're they giving you a reason to stay in your seat from minute one to minute 48 every night. And, look, I don't care about the win-loss record because I know at the end of the season it's not going to end at a championship. But if they're making game 40 interesting for me and fun to watch, hell, that, take my money.
1: Oklahoma City still finds themselves in the seventh seed currently. That's where they've been for quite some time. Three games back of the Utah Jazz. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks are tied with Utah. So three games back, technically of the fifth seed right now in this season. Uh, that is where you start teetering a little bit.
0: Well, they don't want to get there because they lose our draft pick, right? right? Say
1: if, you're, if you're familiar with the situation that Oklahoma City is in, they have a draft pick. They have traded the Philadelphia 76ers. That's protected one through 20. Or, sorry, that is protected 1 through 10. So as long as they stay outside of the 5 seed, they retain that pick. 6 seed's okay, 7 seed's okay, 8 seed's okay. They get that 5 seed, they actually lose that first rounder to the Philadelphia 76ers. So Oklahoma City will try to avoid that at all costs. Truly outstanding. Uh, my Research by my father here. We were talking about the team with Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, that first year that Paul George was here they were 18 and 15 at this point.
0: So right on pace. Right on pace to lose to the Jazz in the first round.
1: This team is the exa- has the exact same win-loss record as a team with Russell Westbrook, Andre Robertson, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Stephen Adams. Woof. Woof. My guys. Jeremy Grant was also on that team obviously.
0: I think this is a uh, another reason to have the conversation about Billy Donovan.
1: Been outstanding this year.
0: Coming back to Oklahoma City if he wants to come back. Being in Coach of the Year consideration.
1: He gets a contract extension tomorrow. Do you think Thunder fans cheer? Oh, okay.
0: Look, I don't. Why not? Look, first off, in the NBA, I mean, the head coach, does it, does it really matter at the end of the day that much? It matters some. Well, to this team, it matters because it's a young team, but you get three superstars in here. It doesn't matter who the head coach is. Sure. But I would be ecstatic if I'm a Thunder fan to keep Billy. I, I mean,. There's not many better coaches to have for the situation they're gonna have going forward.
1: We've all been saying since Billy Donovan got here, can he coach, can he coach, can he coach. The problem is he's been here for quite some time. And we really still didn't know if he could coach at the end of last year. We didn't know what a Billy Donovan team really looks like because he was kind of having to placate his team. He was having to placate a little bit to the style of his superstars. And every single coach in every single situation does that. The good ones at least. This is what a Billy Donovan team looks like. And it's it's been refreshing. It's been fun, their offense. Uh, while the passing numbers aren't uh, jumping off the page like I thought they might, they're still encouraging, and they're heading the right direction. Billy Donovan does, deserves a ton of credit. And like I said, if he gets a contract extension tomorrow, I think, by and large, Oklahoma City fans will be excited. All right, let's look at the upcoming schedule. Quite the road trip for Oklahoma City as they head off into the wilderness to start the year of 2020. They're going at San Antonio. On January 2nd, that's this Thursday. That game will tip off at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Aaron, the Spurs are reeling this year. They are currently the eighth seed uh, in the Western Conference at 14-18. and Start of the year, you might chalk that up as a loss. Now that suddenly feels like a game that Oklahoma City should probably win down in San Antonio.
0: Yeah, but it's also one of those teams that the Thunder just, for whatever reason, can't guard LaMarcus Aldridge, and he has 40 points every time they play, it seems. (laughs) So uh, in in San Antonio, it's still going to be a tough game. But just a, the eighth seed in the West being 14-18 and 18 just made me a little nauseous. A little nauseous? The Western Conference is becoming the East.
1: Right before oh, our eyes. No, they're going to be fine. Portland's doing a little bit. Yeah, they're 14-20. I mean... San Antonio is going to get figured. They're not going to be below five hundred. San Antonio, Portland won't be below five hundred. As
0: long as Port, as long as ESPN showing promos for a Trail game is only showing Carmelo Anthony, they they're should. not making as the playoffs. they're they not making the playoffs?
1: Saturday, January fourth, they're at the Cleveland Cavaliers. That game tips off at six thirty p.m. Darius Garland, that's Colin a winnable Sexton, game. That's a winnable Tristan game. Tristan Thompson,
0: Kevin Love on the bench. Is he playing? He is playing. Yeah, he almost got posterized by yeah, John yeah, Moran night. Yeah,
1: they uh. They could be heading into a five-game win streak. Both of those very winnable there. All right, Monday night against the Philadelphia 76ers on the road. That game also tips off at 6 p.m. That's going to be a real test. Obviously, Oklahoma City already got one victory over Philadelphia at home. That came kind of unexpectedly in the middle uh, right at the start of the season. I assume Philadelphia's going to try to make a statement, try to get a little bit of revenge here in this one. Uh, But Philadelphia, a tough road test for sure, a game that you might chalk up as a loss. They follow up. They finish that road trip. Uh, immediately following Philadelphia with a a game at Brooklyn. Brooklyn is a fine team in the NBA right now. They've been kind of kept afloat by Spencer Dinwiddie through this Kyrie Irving injury. That's also a game, though, that I would say Oklahoma City should probably win. You You could look at it and say three of these next four, those should be wins for the Thunder. And if they win three of the next four, that makes them twenty-one and sixteen on the year.
0: I would say the Spurs game is a toss-up. Okay, any that just the way that they have struggled against LaMarcus Aldridge and them playing in San Antonio, I'd say that's a toss-up. The next game was who's was the next game? Help me out again. Was it Philadelphia? Was the next game Cleveland? Cleveland. That's a that, that they should win that game.
1: Philadelphia. Philadelphia Brooklyn. is a
0: loss probably. Brooklyn without Kyrie Irving, they've won some games, but they've also put up sinkers like DeAndre the Jordan's the, been hurt. Yeah, but that well, yeah. <laughs> Fair. The Nets can put up a stinker like they did against the Knicks the other night. That is a winnable game for the Thunder. I'd, I'd say it worse in this four-game stretch. They're two and two. They
1: could easily be three and one. Like three and one, man, feels really. It feels like that's what they should be. And we're hitting a ground here, Aaron. I don't want to put expectations on this team. That's what's been so fun about it. There's no expectations. Every single game is a little bit of a toss-up. As long as they're not playing Memphis, I don't expect them to win every single time. Or Phoenix, I don't expect them to win every single time. Everything else, I'm just kind of up in the air. But they're really starting to hit their stride here enough where a game against Cleveland, a game against San Antonio, a game against Brooklyn dealing with injuries, I just feel like they should win that. I, I, I'm starting to have some expectations for some wins that I really wasn't expecting earlier in the year and that's a benefit to Billy Donovan and this team, that's also going to maybe start causing some problems. Oklahoma City was expecting so little coming into this season, and now they're getting obviously a lot more bang for their buck that there might be some repercussions. Uh, Not repercussions probably the wrong word. There might be a little bit more of a reaction to a loss that Thunder fans weren't expecting just because of how much they've won in the month of December. And like I said earlier, they have the best winning percentage in the Western Conference in the month of December. An incredible way to finish out the 2019 season. Uh, all right, we're going to take a timeout here. When we get to the other side, we'll do around the association. We'll f- pitch some final thoughts and uh, we'll get out of here. Final post game show of the 2019 year, the final Thunder regular season game of the year of 2019 and this decade. We'll talk about all that more here on 107.7, the franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9, the franchise in Tulsa. Thunder first take post game show. Chisholm Holland, Aaron Davis, Matt Burton, along with you just for a few more minutes and then we'll. Wrap up the final post-game show of the 2019 year. How exciting! You and I and Matt got to all share the last time this radio station will be doing live programming in 2019. We're a part of it. Do you feel honored? Ma- do you feel honored, Matt?
2: I do. I really do. I'm glad that this good, happened, good, and good, uh, good. yeah, wouldn't want it with anyone else.
1: Oh, I appreciate you saying that, Aaron. We're just glad that you're alive and that you're here. Thank you for oh, coming. I could ask for. So that's all we can ask for, indeed. All right, I got a stort. Uh, a stort. I got a stat from Eric Horn of the Athletic. Uh, a great little uh, insight here of how well this Thunder team has been playing, and a specific set of Thunder players. I've already ruined the gag because I told Aaron during the break. Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Shea gilman Alexander is a three-man lineup. But you know, people always roll their eyes if you're not a stat person. Everyone rolls their eyes, but this is about your favorite team, and it's a really good one. So unroll your eyes; you'll be excited to hear this. They played 198 minutes together. Those three players, those three-point guards played 198 minutes together. While they've been on the floor, they have 127 offensive rating. 127. If you don't know anything about stats, that's insanity.
0: Yeah, anything over anything 100 is good.
1: 100 is like a good offense. Yeah. 108, like you're really putting up some points. 112, 113 is like the best offense in the league. 127 yeah. is outstanding. 97 defensive rating. Their net rating is a ninety, a 29.5. Yeah,
0: and anything under 100 defensively is uh, pretty it, solid.
1: Yes, absolutely. Anything under especially 100 in today's really, NBA, really, really good. It, it's it's so good, in fact, that it's the third best three man lineup in the NBA right now.
0: Look, I, I that sa- has
1: played at least 100 minutes together.
0: I said this a little jokingly during the break, but I mean, there's some truth to it. Billy Donovan might be revolutionizing the NBA right now with this three-guard lineup. Carlisle, after the game, gloated about it. He said they're playing well,
1: Carlisle, a- though, probably feels uh, justified because he also has He been thinks a- it's pretty
0: effing cool, if you uh, ask him.
1: He's Well, he's been doing the guard thing for a while. I remember a lot of J.J. Barea and J- Jason Terry and a whole bunch of those lineups all uh, a few years ago. So he's always been very pro. Yeah, three-point guards, though. Yeah. The only time I can think of that is Phoenix, whenever they had. And that Eric- was out of necessity
0: because yeah. they literally had no front court players.
1: Yeah, because they signed Isaiah Thomas, Eric Bledsoe, and Gordon Dragic all in the same year. Yeah. Uh, all right, here's the thing. I'm going to give you the best lineup, uh, the best three man lineup in the NBA right now that's played at least 100 minutes together, has a net rating of 30.9. Oh, can we guess? Okay, it's LeBron James, okay. Anthony Davis, and.
0: Uh, Alex Caruso.
1: Alex Caruso!
0: Yeah! Everybody's sleeping on Caruso. Curso and his bald head, but he's it's pretty good about Your
1: mailman, along with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, has a net rating of 30.9. That is truly outstanding. The second-best uh, net rating in the league for a three-man line is Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, and Montrez Harold. All right, uh, it's time for the uh, the segment of Around the Association. Let's go Around the Association for an NBA scoreboard update brought to you by Oklahoma Operation Lifesaver. All right, the Philadelphia 76ers are on the road tonight or were on the road tonight against the Indiana Pacers. 76ers 97, the Pacers 115. Indiana gets a victory behind Dismontis Sabonis with 23-10. and 10. Josh Richardson led the way for the Philadelphia 76ers, 20-2. and two. Uh, Matt, I know that you also like jerseys, much like I do. Of course. Did you see the Indiana jerseys tonight?
2: No, I did Ugh. not.
1: They're terrible. Oh man. Oh, no. Matt, go, if you can find the Indiana jerseys, you need to look at them and report back on your thoughts because they are they're interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Pacers jerseys. Right not a uh, great look. Yeah, the Pacers. All right, the next ball game, this Boston Celtics 109, the Charlotte Hornets 92, Charlotte at home in this one. Miles Bridges had 14 points and 10 rebounds for the Hornets, but the Boston Celtics were led Well, that's right. Gordon Hayward had 21 and 10. Gordon Hayward starting to cruise back into form a little bit after coming back from that gruesome knee injury a few years ago and then a hand injury earlier this season. Boston now 23-8 and on the year, showing up as one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, Aaron.
0: Remember when Gordon Hayward broke his hand earlier, like you mentioned, and he
1: was supposed to miss the entire season, and he's back and it's December? It's pretty impressive. And he's scoring 20-plus points. Well, he's got some experience rehabbing, sadly. That's it, says he does. All right, the Los Angeles Clippers are on the road against the Sacramento Kings. Don't worry, everything's great in Sacramento, buddy. He'll just thinks everyone hates him, and he thinks he might want out. <laughs> the Clippers are 105, the Kings 87. Paul George at 21-11-9 in the victory for the Clippers. Rashawn Holmes, that's right, that Rashawn Holmes had 22-10-1 and one steal. In the loss, uh, Buddy Heald also put up 20 points in this ball game. Something to monitor there in Sacramento as everyone becomes a little bit un- more unhappy. The Kings now 12-22 and 22 on the year. Luke Walton does not seem to be the answer. It seems like they might have had the right coach in Dave Yeager and let him go to work. Is
0: there any pa- – Well, oh, yeah, they got Luke Walton. But in what world do you think Luke Walton's a better hire than Dave Yeager? Anyways,
1: well, everyone knows who Luke Walton is. I assume most people don't know who Dave Yeager is. I, That's side well, kind of the problem.
0: Well, Dave Yeager's a better basketball coach. I don't you not Walton. hear any disagreement from me? Uh, real quick, guys, is there any scenario where you would be okay with the Thunder trading for Buddy Hield?
1: Sure, sure. Well, would Chris you,
0: Ball, I mean, would you be okay giving up Dennis Schroeder?
1: Sure. Okay. I think I think yeah. I think Buddy Hield has more value than Dennis Schroeder right now. I mean, at this point, people think when they're thinking trades with this Oklahoma City team, don't get the misconception that they're just going to trade someone and it's going to be a pick and then like filler. Trades can also be acquiring an asset that's going to hold value or gain value over time and then trading it again up the road. That's essentially what they did with Dennis. I,
0: I think if they trade everybody, he'll, they'd probably have to give up a draft pick.
1: And if they give the Denver pick, like knock yourself out. Yeah, you know what I mean. One of those Houston picks. Houston has a bit. Houston's not bad. No, they're gonna. They're never
0: gonna. They're not gonna be in the lottery for the next five years. The
1: Clippers picks, I think, hold a little bit more value because that Kawhi Leonard, Paul George thing's only got a three year tagline on right. it. But I mean, Houston just never is in. The, they they will go five hundred before they go in the lottery. They just refuse. That's just not what they do. Yeah, they
0: don't. Yeah, they haven't been in the lottery in
1: years. Yeah. So I mean, so tagging one of those on, I I'd be fine with that. I think Buddy Hield holds value uh, here in the NBA. All right. The next game the Warriors are on the road at the San Antonio Spurs. This game went to overtime. The Warriors 113, the Spurs 117 get the victory on their home floor. Alec Burks led the way, former Oklahoma City Thunder Alec Burks led the way with 28 and 4 in this one. LaMarcus Aldridge had 17 and 12. As we mentioned, San Antonio on the docket for Oklahoma City here in a few games. So something to monitor for sure. San Antonio 14 and 8 on the year. The Warriors maintain the worst record in the NBA or worst the worst record in the Western Conference at nine and twenty-six.
0: Look, the, the Spurs just beat the Warriors. You're going to tell me that the Thunder are just going to roll over San Antonio? Come on.
1: Well, it's not the same Warriors, Aaron.
0: Well, you know, it, it, They the same jerseys?
1: Uh, Matt, have you checked the Indiana jerseys? Have you seen them?
2: Yes, yeah, so they have the racing. Is that a checkered flag on the? Is that? It's is got, that got like a one checkered flag yeah.
1: in the background on one side. Yeah, and then it's got like a Motorola logo on the top left. And directly underneath that, it says Pacers. So it looks <laughs> like it says mm, Pacers. Mm,
2: Pacers. Let's go mm, yeah. Pacers.
1: All right. So one to ten on your uh, the Pacers jerseys.
2: Uh, one. Solid one. Good call.
1: All right. Uh, let's go ahead and head to uh, Matt Burton's favorite team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland went on the road tonight. Uh, lost 97-117 against the Toronto Raptors, who obviously Oklahoma City just beat a few nights ago. Colin Sexton at 22, 1-1 one and one in this one. He's really throwing the ball around as a point guard. Kyle Lowry at 24, 1-8 in the victory. Matt, I'm going to ask you this question. Toronto, obviously the defending champs are 23-11 and 11 on the year. They're also in a little bit of a weird spot as a franchise. They have some timeline. Marcus is an expiring contract. Serge is an expiring contract. Kyle Lowry's only got one more year after this. Should they be in asset acquisition mode because they don't have any outside of their own picks? Or should they try to kind of defend their titles a loose term because I don't think anyone actually thinks they're a championship team. But should they keep these guys around and just try to win as many games as possible in your eyes?
2: Um, it's it's tough. It's tough because you have, you have the guy you're going to build your future around, right, Pascal Siakam. You have that, but... Other than that, I mean, what? I don't know why you would keep Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol. I mean, I don't know, guys. Do you th- do you think he, he contributed last year to their championship team? But I mean, the guy, the guy's old. Let's be let's be honest. The guy's a little old. He can I, still do a job, but I mean, I don't know. And then I, I don't think is Toronto going to be a big uh, free agency play this year with the worst, like a terrible free agency class.
0: Yeah, I, I think the best play for Toronto, I think the only player they have that would be worth moving is probably Kyle Lowry. With Fred Fred, Fred Van Vliet's been playing really well this year at the point guard position. I think that allows you to trade Kyle Lowry, who's still under team control for another year. A contending team like the Bucks might bite on Kyle Lowry.
1: Well, yeah, they might try to get off Eric Bledsoe as well, the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, last one tonight. The Denver Nuggets went on the road to the Houston Rockets, Denver 104 the Rockets 130. Houston continues to put up monster numbers on offense. Now, they also are giving up monster numbers on defense. But overall, the offense mission very impressive so far. James Harden at 35, 3, and 6 in the victory. Monty Morris. At 18-3-4 in the loss for the Denver Nuggets. Denver 23-10 on the year and currently sit at number two in the Western Conference. One game above the Los Angeles Clippers. All right, we're here doing the postgame show, though, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. We've got a 106-101 thrilling victory over the Dallas Mavericks here on New Year's Eve at the tail end of 2019. I know everyone's out there is saying, man, I wish these three guys would just talk about hoops all the way until 2020, but I'm so sorry we have other things to do and other family to see. So final thoughts tonight. Matt Burton, we'll stop, start with you. Your final thought on the Dallas Mavericks 101, the Oklahoma City Thunder 106 at the peak.
2: Chris Paul is the closer, um, and he looks like he will continue to be the guy in the fourth quarter when the Thunder need a bucket. Uh, it's going to be Chris Paul's bucket to get. It's it's awesome getting Gallinari back. It's awesome getting Hamadou Diallo back. And, guys, let's be honest – The only reason that the Mavericks lost tonight is because they didn't start. They didn't play JJ Barea.
1: That's true. There you go. Get JJ the ball, Aaron. Uh, Big Thunder win.
0: I I, the more with each game, I'm starting to think that maybe keep this team together for the year and just get into a playoff series and see what you could do. Maybe you can win a couple games in the playoffs. Let's just ride out a fun season because every game they play, they're in it. No matter they're playing the Mavs, the Lakers, the Bucks. The Cavs, the Nets, it doesn't matter. This team is going to keep you interested. They're going to compete to the last moment, and they can win every game. And before we get out of here, for, with my final thought, you just, you obviously go next. Uh, happy belated birthday to everybody that I didn't tell happy birthday to this year.
1: Oh, good call. Good call. Uh, I'm going to throw one more question at you. A curveball here, Matt. So you're going to be on the, on the deck first, so right. be prepared. Your favorite, or oh, how about this? When I say Thunder basketball for this decade, what's the first memory that comes to your mind?
2: Kevin Durant leaving this whole
1: decade.
0: Kevin Durant leaving.
1: Okay. Negative. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my first memory, i would wasn't even in Oklahoma City. Kevin Durant hitting that game winner against the Mavs.
1: I was at that game
0: to open the season, and was it 2012? Yeah. That's that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think about Thunder basketball this decade. It was their it was their coming out moment.
1: I think the playoff series against the Lakers. They in 2011. End up, they end up losing in six games here in Oklahoma City. But, man, it felt like, holy or
0: crap. Or That would have been 2010. Yeah, 2010.
1: Yeah. Holy crap. There's something here in Oklahoma City. Yeah. That That is – and Russell Westbrook hitting that uh, layup. I don't know if that's the right word. Whatever that was where he threw it underhanded from the free throw line when he got fouled. And it going in off the I, – I, that is such a vivid memory of, holy crap, NBA basketball is in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. But now that we got the nostalgia out of the way, let's go ahead and uh, wrap this thing up. This has been the Thunder First take Post Game Show. Chisholm Holland, Aaron Davis, Matt Burton here, and we are live at Flint underneath the Cold Court Hotel, a great restaurant for you to come hang out, enjoy some great cocktails, have your New Year's be brought up to fruition with an awesome bar staff and a wait service as we do every single Thunder Post Game Show here live from Flint at the home game. This one's a little bit more special on a holiday. So come down here and see us. We'd love to meet you and love to hang out with you. But until next time. Until 2020, my name is Chisholm Hall, and I'm with Aaron Davis, Matt Burton. This has been the Thunder First Take Post Game Show on 107.7, the franchise in Oklahoma City, 107.9, the franchise in Tulsa.